Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the May 27th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It's another big Friday edition of the show as we continue to make our way through the NBA Conference Finals, heading toward the finals. I'm Chris, and with me as always is a uh, is a uh, an under the weather John. Hey John. Hey, how you doing? You, you feeling all right? Yeah, doing. Trying little, to get through it. Good little time. little congested this time. A little bit, yeah. All right. Hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, you can help us out by subscribing and sharing the show with your sports-loving friends and family. And we also offer you umyasports.com as a website that you can go to for all the latest sports headlines from across the world of sports. Uh, We curate that information from all across the the web. We hit uh, social media. We hit local uh, local papers, websites to bring you uh, the best uh, that is out there from the corners of the interwebs, free of charge, free from ads. It's there for you right now. Head on over to www.umyasports.com and we'll we'll catch you over there. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at umyasports, and that's a great way to uh, reach out and chat with us, and we'll chat with you, and we put polls out there do different things uh, related to the the show and the website. So uh, go check us out over there as well. All right. With all of that out of the way, John, how are you? Doing well. I'll try to get through the cold, but doing well. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So let's jump in. Uh, the Warriors are on the way to the finals. Mm-hmm. They beat the uh, Mavericks 4-1. to one. Yep. Uh, after losing one of those, you know, trap games a little bit there, and yep. we're able to pull it out and beat up by I think ten points, and when it was all said and done, and you know, dominate uh, as they have been, we finally have been able to see a you know true Clay Thompson after not really being able to see exactly what he looked or an actual game four for a while due to the injury, and then when he got back, he took a couple of weeks to get you know back into uh, to <laughs> the form that we we expect from Clay Thompson and. And now when uh, in this game, I think we, he finally broke the barricade. He got more comfortable and started playing uh, the type of basketball he wants to play and started knocking down the threes way more comfortably and, uh, and had success and wasn't missing as many shots and played better defense and all that stuff. And that's uh, just proper timing for him and for the entire team because when he becomes uh, powerful, the whole team you know gets a you know big step up. Uh, and I think this team is you know going to be one of those teams where <clears throat> we see them go to the the conference finals quite a bit also to the finals over the next couple of seasons because uh i think they're they're a young team but they i mean in the west uh in the western conference there's not many teams you could point to uh and and say to yourself that uh that team is super complete like the warriors could put any lineup on out of the court any time or any mitch uh any you know different variation of that and those guys would have success and they'll play well. You don't really doubt it because these guys have the core of Draymond, Clay, uh, and Curry. But they also have Looney. They also have Poole. They have guys that – in Wiggins. They have guys that can come in and help and have success in the basketball court. They start playing well. They can dominate. We have been seeing that throughout the regular season over the last couple of years, building up into this climax of them actually getting to the final. Uh, and I thought – I mean – it seemed pretty obvious that they were going to be coming out triumphant in this uh, in their conference just because 
uh, like I said, they, they're so talented. They're so deep as far as depth or as far as their depth chart is concerned. So they have they could put you know put anyone they want out there. Uh, and now since Clay Thompson's played the type of ball that he's been playing, his minutes will kind of up a little bit. That I think when all three of those guys are healthy, all those guys of Curry and and uh, the Thompson are healthy together, and they're both playing at the type of basketball that we expect. I I think th- when they play the the Celtics, who I think a lot of people are now switching to big the winner as this is an elimination game again today. So and that game starts at seven thirty uh, Central Time. But uh, if you if you look at it, I I think if you look at the matchup that's going to be coming from this, I mean, it, the Celtics are a great defensive team, but they have times of e- like ebbing and flowing as far as their ability to hit the three point. Uh, play and with this Warriors team, you have to be able to knock down the, sh- the three point pl- or the three point shot as much as they are hitting down the three point shot. And if you fall behind at some point, they could bury you pretty quickly. And we see it when they came back against the Mavericks, and when they kind of kept the Mavericks come down and it, and out and they were able to move past them. So if you look at it, this series between the Celtics could get out of hand very quickly. I doubt it will, just because of how dominant the Celtics are defensively. But if both these teams get hot. For three point range, uh, and both of these teams clog the paint like they're so good at doing. I mean, these these games could be extremely low scoring, uh, but they could be extremely like fun games to watch because uh, defensively, is on the paint that could kind of you know close off. But when they're splashing down the three, those are really when the games are a lot of fun to watch. So uh, I think this 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 uh, Warriors team is an insane basketball team. Uh, I think they're one of the best in the league. Uh, I think, or in the association, I think that's obvious by the fact that they're going to the finals right now. But I think, it just in general, uh, I think they were kind of put to the back burner a little bit as far as teams. People are looking at the Suns and the Mavericks and these teams as you know guys that could try to kind of mow them over a little bit just because of some of the issues that they've been having. I mean, even the uh, the Grizzlies, the people were saying might be able to eliminate them, but it was just a journey to get to this point. I think all the adversity, all the you know long. Uh, series that they had to go through to get to this point, kind of put them in the right the right spot to absolutely dominate. And now when they get to the final, I think there's a very strong case to be made that they could win it all. Uh, and, and honestly, it makes me doubt my decision that the Celtics are going to win the whole thing just based off of what we've seen so far. Uh, so I can't wait for when they meet again on, on June 2nd. All right. Very good. Yesterday, so let's just take take a step back for a second. So uh, we live in the uh, in the South, and uh, locally we have a uh, a minor league baseball team uh, called the Rocket City Trash Pandas, and uh, they are a feeder team for the Angels organization. And uh, yesterday, uh, John, you got to go out to the game and got to spend a couple of innings in the press booth uh, with Josh Carey, the grandson of the legendary Cubs broadcaster, Harry Carey. Uh, and you got to kind of go and see what it's like to broadcast uh, the, the kind of the play-by-play for the, both the TV and the radio um, presentations of the game. Why don't you talk a little bit about your experience? How was it? What'd you learn? Yeah, it's fascinating to see it from from that perspective, uh, because a lot of times when you're when you're watching these games and stuff, you kind of wonder how all the have all these stats and all these things that they're kind of talking about, 
during a particular game and how they're like the time of the trades and each guy they know everything about them and when you when you get to go into the booth and you get to see a little bit of a highly current it's fascinating because they just have like they have a bunch of papers around them that they're looking at as the game goes on and they have notes that they've been taking throughout all these games that they've been commentating on which then allows them to refer back to them and say okay this guy uh, had this many home runs in the last game or in this series and they just jotting down different notes that are going to be helpful for him in this particular game so as they come up to bat they have the ability to just refer back to them and then he also uh, at the entire game had his computer open that would allow him to be able to kind of check things out and see exactly you know how like different stats about the different trades or the different players and then he gets that all in his brain and then it, as the game goes along he just kind of you know, kind of spits those out and then allows people to get a deeper understanding of the different players and what they're doing. But before that even happens, before the game even begins, before the first pitch even happens, he's doing a bunch of research. And one of the fast, most fascinating things he said when we, when we were uh, meeting and talking is he said uh, out of all the information that he gathers before the game begins, he only uses about 5% of it. So most of the time they're just gaining a lot of information. He doesn't use all of that. But I think it's it's a it's a unique perspective to kind of see behind the curtain a little bit on that. And, uh, but I think also one of the things that was really fascinating is being able to see ba uh, baseball from that perspective uh, of being able to see it from the press box and see it from that you know high angle and see how they line everything up when they're because he had the TV for the uh, the website broadcast and the TV for the uh, the TV broadcast if you watch it all uh, via TV and and how it lines up and how he's doing everything to make sure this is done at the certain time to make sure it lines up and he's doing all this math in his head to make sure everything's kind of rumbling and going as it as it needs to so I think that's fascinating because it just it's it's a lot more you know purposeful concentration on different things that are going to happen then just it seems like they just kind of happen naturally but there's a lot of thinking you have to be doing yeah be, be doing it honestly when i watched it uh, from that perspective and had that opportunity to be sitting up at the booth and watching it i'm like wow this is this is a completely different perspective of baseball and i had a like a very fun time being able to sit up there and it, yeah. and it felt like it was like you know a big part of the game even though i didn't commentate it at all i just kind of yeah. watched him do his thing so i think that's fascinating and uh one more point i'll make about it is uh keep listening for the podcast because he is uh we'll get we'll be sure to break him on and allow him to be able to talk a little bit more of his experience yeah i was gonna ask you to uh, get him on the on the show on the podcast that'd yeah, be cool we'll definitely be doing that that's awesome. Uh, the other thing that I remember you saying uh, that I thought was interesting, and it actually kind of reminds me of you a little bit, is uh, you know he does a ton of research, of which he consumes or uses about five percent during his you know call of the game. Um, and I look at amount uh, the amount of preparation and research that you do uh, for this uh, this podcast, and uh, it's pro it's probably about the same. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, interesting. Very cool. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's just uh, hit on one college football point, and then uh, we'll let you go get some rest since you sound absolutely congested. Uh, the SEC uh, is talking about having their own playoffs. It looks like the the uh, the NCAA football playoffs. The I forget what they call that whole thing, um, but that's going to be coming to an end, at least in its current form. Uh, they're going to have to figure out what they want to do going forward in replacement of the of the playoff system that we have now, and the SEC is talking about doing their own playoffs. Yeah, I've I kind of feel like the SEC dominates the playoffs anyway. Uh, no matter what you, you know what year you're playing it in, 
Uh, Alabama's always at the top of the list. Uh, Georgia's always at the top of the list. So even if you just take those teams, you pull them out, they're you know that's still going to be able to dominate. And I think it'd be kind of fascinating to see what it would look like if they were just by themselves. They were just playing each other. Like what type of games would we have every single week? Would we have these really like you know almost NFL type games based off the fact that these coaches in, in you know the uh, and the SEC coaches such a different way than any other kind of conference in the in, in the NCAA. So if you pull it out, you just say, okay, this is kind of what we're going to be doing. I think that'd be a fascinating thing. And I thought, I mean, I've heard that people talk about that for a very long time of should the SEC become its own thing and should they do their own playoffs? Should they kind of separate themselves from the rest of college football because of their kind of dominant play? And honestly, if you pull them out, I, I think it's just going to be, you know, the quality of the that playoffs – I think would be out the rest of the playoff for the rest of the NCAA because of the, like I mentioned, the way they play. I feel like every year we see Alabama or some SEC team playing in the national championship game. It's just the natural course of things. Uh, the, I mean, as long as Nick Saban is the head coach of Alabama, and as long as these SEC teams are dominant, they're going to be getting the next best generation of players. And they just keep cycling through. So the, that, that, uh, that, uh, you know, conference, that conference of, teams and that playoffs will just continue to get better and better and better which make it even more entertaining so ultimately i think that's an interesting thing i don't think it's the best thing for college football in general because like i mentioned i don't i think the viewership will go down for all if they do two different playoff scenarios i think the second one will have a lot less viewership which you know is never a good thing you never want to break viewership up so keeping it together if you excuse me if you can would be a big thing for them uh, so ultimately, they're going to figure out what you know what works. But I like the, the idea of something kind of changing in the playoffs form and to kind of experience experimenting with something new would be kind of fun. And I think that'd be kind of a cool wrinkle to what what we kind of have already. Uh, and I personally would really like that because I think it'd be, uh, like I said, very uh, aggressive football that we see being played in that in that playoffs you know sphere. And those games probably wouldn't be high scoring games, but they would probably be the most fun you wa- have watching college football. Uh, uh, for those playoffs. And, I mean, SEC, if you watch it during even the regular season, uh, those are probably the funnest football games as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, how the the whole playoff thing gets sorted out. I think that the whole thing should just be, you know, a 64-team, 32-team, something like that type type playoff system. Yeah. Uh, span, You know, have it span, you know, I don't know, some period of time, an extra month. I don't know. Um but I think that oh, that would be the ultimate. And I think that's what they do in like the division, you know, the lower divisions of college football. I think they have like a full on college football tournament that they yeah. run. Uh, so I don't know why they just don't uh, leverage that here. I mean, I guess it's money. It always Probably comes down is. to money and the existing bowl system and not wanting to disrupt the money flow of that existing bowl system. Um, but, you know, it's not really doing it the fans a service, yes. you know. Too too much uh, too much money doing too many things to make the experience is terrible. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. It's like people make a profit, then they don't want to change it right. because they're making money. So, mm-hmm. um, but hopefully, uh, this is a big enough thing that it can get disrupted, and you know maybe the playoffs, the system that they they just attempted to run through, and you know we've done that what for the last four or five years. Yeah, it's been a little while. That's been pretty decent. So maybe that's enough proof, and they can figure out how to help people feel okay about the money. Um, I don't know, but uh, hopefully that gets sorted out. 
Awesome. All right, man. We'll let you go get some rest. It's a long weekend. You'll get yeah. some extra time to rest. Are we doing an episode on Monday? It's it's Memorial Day. Yeah, probably we'll skip that day. Okay. So no podcast on Monday. Uh, we'll pick back up with you on uh, on Wednesday. Listeners, thank you for riding along. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Remember, subscribe if you haven't done so. Share us with your friends and family. We really appreciate it. Have a great uh, Memorial uh, Day weekend. Uh, celebrate uh, those that, that died to keep you free. Um, and uh, that's it. All right, man. See ya. God bless. <laughs>